0: Care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over them willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. 1 Peter 5.2 Strikers, let's meet a pastor who's eager in serving God. Next on The Mighty Anvil.
1: Smith forge me into the servant that you would have me be hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life draw out my life to the length that you would have it make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations Lord as I go through life put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin and when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched grant me a home with you in heaven Amen. 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 Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's got. It's not
0: early morning yeah. for us. It is
1: not early morning. It's finally, a,
0: it's just we got the sun's going down instead of coming up. It's it kind is. of different
1: for us. Yeah. But what do we got on the brushing? So for the brushing, it. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, I forgot. He's a number one on the brushing. Special guest here. Two special guests. So. <laughs> hey
0: you've been you've you've led this podcast before so yeah. come on come you on gotta,
2: i gotta brush off the cobwebs strikers the sl- we got dan
0: with us today <laughs> so not,
2: not the slag so uh big things happening at, at rock creek church some upcoming events we have something that happens uh every month is dessert with the pastors i'm looking uh, forward to that
0: I'm, I'm i put it on the schedule now you you
2: can come get some uh apple pie or mm. uh some type of other tasty dessert and sit and talk to uh, the pastoral team and learn a little bit more about the church and the vision and mission that's there and understand um, kind of the purpose which it resides under. Uh, the other big thing, this is for the ladies who Yay. listen to the podcast, we we love ladies the ladies. <laughs> uh, September 30th is the women's retreat for Rock Creek, so uh, you can check that out at rockcreektx.church and find out more information there. And then the big one is the student fall, the student's fall retreat, which is October 17th. And again, you can find more information for that on the website.
0: Right on. What else we got going on?
2: At ELC, we have the September 11th.
0: Hey, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) At ELC, we
1: have the September 11th blood drive. Also on, on September 11th at ELC, we have the food pantry. And my personal favorite has always been the warrior nights. September oh. 17th at ELC. We are just are dropping you? stuff. I, know, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> this, know. What's going on.
0: We do a lot better at 5 a.m. This is coming back. This is coming back to morning. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding.
1: And Grace Point Family Church, September 4th, we have Bring the Light Ministries, where we will head down to downtown Dallas to feed the homeless. September 13th, we have new small groups and Bible studies starting. And September 11th, or sorry, September 13th, we also have... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, that's a double...
0: It is, it is, well, it is a typo, but uh, what it is is financial peace.
2: Financial peace, yes. Yes.
0: Financial peace university.
2: How is your oil uh, station slash hangout spot coming Grace along? Grace Place is amazing. So
1: it is our permanent food bank in Anna, Texas. It is open three days a week and Saturday. I believe Saturday is open from 9 to noon. Um, they have amazing coffee. They have these giant cinnamon rolls that will put Cinnabon to shame i mm-hmm. just going to put that out there now Cinema.
2: I remember I told Pastor David that I was going to make him something to hang up like a piece of art out of okay. wood All right. so it's a cool spot so,
0: uh, I was going to say like, subscribe yeah I was going to say
2: last but not
1: least uh, if you have questions or comments feel free to email us at MightyAnvilPodcast at gmail.com for those that are not tech savvy you can also find us on uh, mighty, TheMightyAnvil.com and you can listen to every episode right off the website nice so excited for
0: that! Makes it easy, everything in one place. Yeah, it really does. I'm going to do a little impromptu here. Go for it. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to say a little bit of something, and then I'm going to hand it over to Dan to introduce who we have on as our guest today. Okay. So first off, uh, the first time I heard our guest was several years ago. Uh, it was off Navajo Road in a school. And it was a sports theme. I don't remember. It was so long ago. I hope he forgives me. But it was a, it was a sports theme um, message. You, I mean, you tied in the sports and, and the message. And it was. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was great to see, to see that. Um, but I've been there since then a couple of times. And with, with Dan, uh, he's invited me over. And, uh, but with that, Dan, uh, tell us a little bit about who our guest is.
2: Uh, our guest is a, I guess, a recent addition to to my life, and is somewhat of, I think, a beacon of hope for for Prosper. And so, he uh, he has an incredible passion for ministry. He has a just a great way of breaking down the Word of God for people to understand it, and because of what the church is centered on for people to come and meet and follow jesus that um that's the foundation on the rock that is rock creek so with that uh introducing pastor brad wilkerson to yeah. the podcast yeah. welcome pastor
3: Thank hey, thanks for having me guys right on how are thanks you doing today us. i'm doing good y'all are way too kind oh no <laughs>
2: way we've
0: we've we've sat in your uh in the sanctuary before. So oh, those you. are absolutely, uh, that was an
1: understatement there. We also had some requests from Facebook. Somebody, somebody had, a couple people had requested, like, hey, you guys need to have Pastor Brad Wilkerson on. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're like, yeah. I'm honored. We we'll work on that.
0: Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was, in, it was off of Navajo in the school over there. So I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah,
1: we,
3: so we were portable for 12 years. And so I think eight of the 12 we met in that middle school. Okay. And there was a period of time we did a ministry called Upward Sports. And it yep. may have been as a tie in with that, we did a celebration at the end of each season where we would bring all the kids and the parents in that played in the league and we'd do a sports related theme. And that may have been it. That may have been it, because I do. Or a sermon that casted, that I was casting vision for the new season.
0: It was something, I do remember uh, those, that sports or the, that league being mentioned.
3: And we did flag football and cheerleading, and then we did soccer as well.
0: I was actually introduced to, or at, I was asked to uh, join a friend of mine at your church, uh, Brad Raybon. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so that's that was the connection there that yeah. he got me in there. Oh, I, man, I
3: I've known Brad a long time, and I've known his parents even longer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah.
0: He's so. uh, great. I love his dad. His yeah, dad, his, Steve. Yeah. 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 Played a lot of golf with a Steve Rabon. lot. <laughs> and how do you not play a lot of golf yeah. with him? Yeah, that's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um... Basically, the the Mighty Anvil is a podcast to kind of help men, and we're finding out that it's just anybody, really, right. to, oh, that someone's had an issue. I'm not the only one going through this, and I'm hearing someone's testimony that, you know, and we're just putting pe- people people's testimonies out there to kind of help people. Sure. Understand that, hey, I'm not the only one. Someone else is going through this. And uh, so that's kind of the overall what we're trying to do. Uh-huh. Uh, and then this particular series that we're in, it's trying to introduce uh, the world to different pastors. There's always someone that's uh, you know looking for a church or looking for a church home, so that was kind of the idea behind this. And sure. I think we're going to continue maybe
1: having this. I'm working on a few others. Yeah, for one, each one community church Genesis no. Metro yeah. and uh, 1132.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to Genesis Metro. I've enjoyed that one too.
3: I know all three of those guys. You'll have good podcasts.
0: Nice. Well, from what I know about you, we're going to have an amazing (laughs) one today, too. We'll see. Uh, So uh, the other thing is this is a core-led, core
2: core, core values-led podcast. Thank you, Dan. Dan.
0: It's uh, one of those things. um, You would think that I just woke up at 530 a.m., but a core values-led podcast. So we typically go over our guest top three core values.
3: Sure. And uh, what what are yours? Well, you know, I, I would say being a pastor, I have two tracks for that. I have the personal values in my own life. Okay. Then I have three core ministry values. And so for me personally, um, I love to be a risk taker. I value risk. I, I, I value going big for God. Um, I remember in August of 2000, first Sunday in August in 2000, I was ordained. And... One of the former pastors that I worked for, previous to that ordination service, he came in and spoke as a part of the service, and he made the comment. He said, "I think Brad will always do and and will always uh, endeavor to do big things for for God because he he's not afraid of a risk." And so I value I value risk. I I hate being on cruise control, and I, and I hate just being stagnant or just in pause. I always want to be trying something new, doing something new, so that you know, I'm growing, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I think if you're not risking, you're, eventually you'll die. Yeah. And so I value risk, I value consistency, um, especially in the world of what, where I live in, in the world of church planting, starting churches from scratch. I'm very involved in that with our organization, we're part of called Converge. And a lot of guys, they, they want it and they want it now. Uh, they wanna go from, you know, 10 families in a house to 5,000 in two years. That's possible if you're like some kind of an iconic speaker like Stephen Furtick or something like that. <laughs> but the normal the normal process is it doesn't happen that way. The big payoff comes with consistency, showing Absolutely. up every day for God. So that's a value for me. And then compassion. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think God called us to love Him and love His people. And and I think that's a huge missing element in our culture right now is just compassion. And the day that the day that I lose that shepherding heart. Then I've become a professional pastor, not a good Christian man. And so Amen. I value compassion. Ministry-wise, I mean, the three words that kind of drive our, me in ministry is real, relevant, and uh, relational. I want to be real. I don't want to be something you see on the stage on Sunday and then you don't see me through the week, or or you, you, know, you can't put flesh around it. Uh, I want to be real, authentic. And then relevant is I want to speak to today's topics but I want to speak to it from a biblical perspective. I want to bring Jesus into every conversation and and, and then relational. I think the key to everything is building relationships. And
0: it also starts with God, having our relationship with God. And it's, that's, it's it's what it's about.
3: Yeah. yeah, Well, that's the gospel to me is that, you know, Jesus was real. He was God that came real Mm -hmm. in flesh. He was, uh, he was relevant. He spoke to the times he lived in and every unique relationship that he had. And and he was, and, and then he was relevant. I mean, he, he used modern, his modern day picture, word pictures to get his message across. He used everything that was around him to teach. I mean, can you imagine if Jesus would have spoke as God would speak to humans, it would have been way over their head. So he used <laughs> modern day applications. So I, I try to do that myself.
0: And you know, uh, uh, to this f- services that I've been at, I really do believe that you you actually do. That is you.
3: Oh, well, thanks. I, I
0: truly believe that. Thank yeah. you. I it, try.
3: I, I try. Um, Every once in a while, I'll, you know, I'll slip out of it, and, and my wife is, the Holy Spirit has many names, I know, in people's lives. In my house, it's the name is Sarah and a lot of times, <laughs> and she'll remind me many a times, hey, um, I thought I thought today was great, but I thought you, you, you could have been even more real if you have shared this or shared that. So mm-hmm. I try to use my personal life, my kids, they, they love that, um, tell stories with my kids and things we've experienced as a couple, being married 32 years, raising two kids. and Nice. I think, I think
1: that's the key because if you can speak to your real-life events, it helps people to relate to you.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've been trained to, by mentors to, you know, start, try to start every message with some kind of a, a real question, a real situation to get people connected. Before you ever dive into that passage, connect them with something real, and then you've got them. And then you dive into what God would say about that.
1: So, so real quick, being married 32 years, yes. I'm, I'm newly married. I've been married a little over a year. Twice to the same woman. Twice to the same and woman. Never divorced. <laughs> there was a long story. There was, there was a COVID marriage, and then there was a celebration. But ah uh, yes, yes, yes. What's the secret? How do you make it last?
3: Uh, grace. <clears throat> oh, into that. Um, not just. Not just receiving grace but being willing to always give it and and I'll say she's had to give a lot more than I have over 32 years (laughs) but but I think it's grace and then I think it's having the same vision I think compatible visions going on going the same direction yeah Um, you know like I think my, my wife if if my wife if my wife didn't have a God call on her life for ministry as well we'd be in trouble because she, she, man, I'm all in with it, and there's been times I've had to go and and I've had to go all in, and I've I've been out of pocket for f- three or four days with time with her, and she understands that. She, so it's not just grace to forgive you mm-hmm. of something when you mess up, but it's it's the grace just to live in the daily grind of ministry of life, and um, I, I I will say straight up, I've just been blessed with an amazing wife, and so that. It's 32 years because she stayed. <laughs> let's, let's just be honest, because she stayed. And we're high school sweethearts. So we've been oh, together nice. 37 years, okay. married 32. So um, it's just, it's a match that God put together knowing what he was going to do many years later. And if you'd have told her when she was 17, you'll be a pastor's wife someday, she would have said, What?
0: This guy? Yeah, if you'd have told, <laughs> if you'd have
3: told me at 17, I was going to be a pastor, I'd say, What? but he was preparing us all through the way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nice. You know, I I can't agree. I can't, I can't agree more than what you just said, because uh, it was funny that I sent him a text on Sunday about me feeling like uh, an ox with my wife and a farmer trying to plow a field and, and her and I are just trying to go (laughs) two different ways. So uh, in, in that, you know, it's just one of those things I did. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got it. it's been a, a thing on me the past couple of days about uh, you know leading my family in, mm-hmm. in a certain way, and then things go. So we will derail off that one. Sorry so, about that. <laughs> well, so can, he, I,
3: can I just say something to that yeah, though? Yeah. It it has to be there has to be unity in direction in a, in a marriage. It, it, I see so many couples who are in love because they physically fell in love, and they then heart fell in love. But as the years pass on, they start going different directions. And I think it's very, very important to communicate clearly what God is doing in each other's lives and talk about those things and, and so that you are moving the same direction. Sarah and I have not always been on the same page about things. I've done stuff in ministry where she was like, I wouldn't do that. And she had the right discernment. But I went ahead and went, did something that she advised not to do. And most of the time she was right. But we're men and we get driven and we get, we're goal-oriented and, and, and we finish line and touchdown-oriented, you know, the goal line. And, and most of the time I find my wife is the one that comes around and says, you're missing the joy in the game or the mm. journey. Mm. And so you're, you're so you're so focused on the end game that you're missing even playing the game. And she's such a good complement to that. So I'll say this. I don't think we're supposed to compete against each other. We're supposed to complete each other. And, yeah, amen. And, so, and that's a challenge sometimes.
2: Yeah. So I was going to say, success in anything is not based on what you do occasionally. It's what you do consistently. So whether that be your marriage or anything else, uh, ministry or anything else, it's the same manner that you shouldn't expect success from a single message or a single instance in your marriage. And talking about this, uh, my wife and I celebrated our tenure, and we sat down for dinner, I said, Um, we need to get to know each other. And it was an interesting perspective. She's like, what do you mean we don't know each other after 10 years? I said, well, you're not the person I married. We've changed a lot in 10 years. And to Brad's point, uh, because we didn't set waypoints along the way to reaffirm that, in 10 years, you've grown grown significantly. Did you grow together? Did you grow apart? Mm -hmm. So we've committed since that day to ask questions from generalities that have just been missed because of focus on the game and not focus on the joy of just being married. Because you will arrive at 30 years, whether you arrive there together Mm. is another manner in the story. I mean, we literally went to the simplest point of, like, what's your favorite cereal? They're like dating-level questions. Fruity Pebbles. Uh, I learned learned (laughs) it was some type of Cheerios, and I laughed when I heard it because I said, when's the last time you ate cereal? But the, the whole point of that was we spend too much time focused on the game, in this case, to, to make your marriage work, and you truly lost the joy of being married. Yeah, Anyways, good. we'll I'll cap that's good. that. Yeah, that's
0: good. Uh, so next we got uh, core scripture.
3: Yeah, uh, well, Philippians 3.14, um, without a doubt, it's my favorite verse in the Bible. Um, it might or might not be tattooed on my right bicep. <laughs> um, I press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Um, I just, I love that I press towards the goal of the upward call that's on my life in Christ Jesus. Paul was just saying, you know, I I love the fact that Paul, Paul wasn't a quitter and he could have quit so many times. He, he, he pressed on towards this high upward calling of God that that we find in Christ Jesus. And I just, that's what I want to do. I just want to keep pressing forward. And uh, that's a little bit of that, that whole uh, consistent and risk-taking value is that, I want to press forward. I want. What's next, God? What do you have that's next? And keep pressing towards those things because God has got a high calling on our life if we're sons and daughters of the King. So, I like that.
0: Uh, press on will be on my mirror in the morning. Yeah, I love that. Yeah,
3: just keep pressing. Yeah, just keep pushing and pressing forward because you've got an enemy that's trying to press you backwards, but there's a there's an upward calling of God that's greater than all of that other stuff. So,
0: Amen. Uh, three pastors that have uh, influenced your your the way that you preach or just impacted your life.
3: Oh, well. So the, I, I've got a pastor that really influenced me on how to be a good shepherd. Um, John Tyson is his name. He pastors Midway Church in Aubrey. I worked for him for five, a little over five years as his exec pastor. He really taught me what it means to be a pastor, not just a preacher, to love your people shepherd your flock and shepherd them well there's there's kind of an old joke in saying that if you were to ask anybody that lives in pilot point or what we would call real aubrey like the old part of aubrey not the 380 aubrey but the old aubrey <laughs> tell me who the pastor of your community is and they would say john at midway because nice. he he's he's in the community so he taught me that uh preaching um there's a guy in arizona by the name of lynn winters who pastors cornerstone christian fellowship he spoke at our men's conference okay uh, he he's really been the one that's kind of really helped me in the in the last few years really learn to hone in my craft of how to develop a sermon and how to deliver the sermon uh, mike shirley was the first pastor i worked for um i was Straight out of Bible college, I was 23 years old. I was his youth pastor. I was his worship pastor. I was the janitor. I drove a church <laughs> bus. I led VBS. I did everything that he didn't do. But what he instilled in me was the passion for people, to reach people with the gospel, and to, to, to not be satisfied with what you have because God's called you to something great. Go after it. And he's the one that said at my ordination I was a risk taker. Well, a lot of that is because he instilled that in me so huge influence on my life in my early years and then i would have to say probably um, my best friend who pastors in maricopa arizona josh barrett uh, pastors church of celebration there has been a huge influence on my life he's even he's two years younger than me but we work together on staff and just his passion for christ and his passion to be bold with with his sharing christ it really influenced me. And then the last one is a guy that's been a part of my life since I was in college who gave me really my first shot in ministry. His name is Bruce Thomas. He pastors in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, he's just been a consistent man of God in my life for so many years. Challenged me in many ways when I needed challenge I remember one time uh, Bruce was kind of challenging me on some things in my life that weren't right. This is before I was in ministry. This is when he was trying to get my attention. And he was our youth pastor at our church, and I was in the college ministry, and I was doing some things college kids do and going a little bit of a different direction that should be going. And he kind of challenged me and I said to him, Bruce, I'm really sorry that I did that or this or that. And I remember him looking across his desk saying, Brad, you've been sorry all your life. <laughs> when are you going to stop being sorry and just start living for God? And that was a challenging moment wow. because I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Instead of just, okay, I'm going to stop being sorry and I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to choose the right path in my life. And that was a, it was a game changing moment in my life when he did that so those are some of the pastors that have influenced me
0: nice and they're all over the place
3: all over the place
0: do you you ever go visit them or oh
3: sure i I, i go to a conference every november with our organization that is held at cornerstone so i see lynn every november and i see him periodically periodically throughout the other times of the year at different events that we have i see josh my best friend probably three or four times a year um, we're, just, so we're just such tight best friends. It's, it's my dude in my life that I can tell anything about, and he's not going to not love me. And so I'll go out and see him in Arizona. He'll come here and see me, and we'll spend some time together. Our, our wives are best friends, so we do things together throughout the year. I don't see Mike as much anymore because he's now in, in Florida, and, and I don't see him. I, I had dinner with him a couple years ago, um, but the others, yeah, I see them quite frequently. I see John. John called me the other day, texted me and said, are you busy? And I said, no. And he called me he said, I just wanted to check on you and see how y'all are doing. And, you know, John's one of my top three best friends in the world, the pastor I worked for for five years, who's 20 minutes up the road from us. Yeah, so right on. Yeah. I
0: don't know. Go ahead. I was going to so.
1: say, real quick, uh, for those that don't know, where is Rock Creek Church located? Yeah,
3: we're in Prosper but let me, let me give the caveat clarity to where we are in Prosper. We're on the west side of town because <laughs> there there's a tollway that splits that town or Preston Road. And you got the east side that goes all the way over to McKinney. And you got the west side that goes all the way over to Highway 1385, which is there at Savannah, that big development off 380. And so Prosper is a very wide east to west mm-hmm. parcel of land, but it's not very uh, deep from north to south. And so it's south of Frisco, north of Salina. And so the west side of town is the, is the side that's developing. It's the side that has all the farmland that's now being developed for homes and businesses. And so the church is two miles west of the tollway on Fishtrap or First Street, whichever one you want to call it. It's both. But, but so we're in Prosper but we're not in the old old part of Prosper that was settled first. The east side. We're on the over on the west side, which is okay. all new within the last four or five years. Yeah.
0: Do uh, either side just break out into dance every once in a while? Yeah. Just, sorry. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's true. The jets and the sharks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people come from all over the place to the church. It's just when I've I've told people Rock Creek we're in Prosper, and people go, "Where are you at in Prosper?" You've not ventured over on the west side. That's why you don't know where we're at. Come out, go go west of the tollway, and you'll see us sitting there on the
2: road. And it's it's such an interesting church in the fact that when you look at where churches are being planted today or where they were formally established, the city has grown into them. So they're in a shopping center. They're on a major mm-hmm. division road. All of these things, uh, you think even Prestonwood has an industrial complex growing around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'll eventually have churches in... What is formerly the city, Rock Creek won't be encroached upon by anything other than homes. So, in terms of the uniqueness of the parcel of land that's on, is what I was telling Greg this week. Um, where it's settled in the foundational rock and where it's at is meant to be different because the city is only, its its a church within a community of homes.
3: Yeah, it's in a residential area.
2: Yeah, that doesn't happen that often no, anymore. It really doesn't, so. Yeah. You have a church focused on meeting and following Jesus that's embedded in a 3,600 home, multiple subdivision area. So it's a church for for families and people to come to that doesn't feel like you're part of the industrial complex.
3: 42% of our congregation is under the age of fifth grade.
2: That's that's not a joke.
3: (laughs) Wow. Say that again. 42% of our congregation on a Sunday morning, if we... Two weeks ago, we had 1,576. 42% of them are under the age of fifth grade. No way. Wow. The rest of them are their moms and dads. Wow. So we're just filled with young families that live around the 30 acre piece of land that we have for our future growth. And and so we're, I had people, I had real estate people just tell me, don't buy that land. That's not a good spot for a church. You want to be out on 380, you want to be closer to 380. To them, I said, I don't want my people trying to get out on 380 on right. Sunday. I want to be off of 380. Yeah. And so when we bought the land, we did studies and we saw aerial photos of what was coming around us. And we saw all the residential development, Star Trail, Windsong Ranch, uh, um, Parks of Legacy, Artesia, all these. And we're like, that's where we want to be, smack dab in the middle of all of that.
0: I got a question about that when we get back. But, hey, guys, let's uh, Strikers, let's go uh, take a break and pay for some bills. And uh, we'll be right back.
1: This episode of the Mighty Anvil podcast is brought to you by our partners at A Superior Lawn. Superior service is no longer common. We exist to change that. From basic lawn care maintenance to landscape services and more, we deliver comprehensive service with excellence from the first service and every service to the 380 corridor. Call 214-302-7783 for your free estimate today. Got grass growing in your tree beds? Weeds infiltrating your flower beds? Call A Superior Lawn today. I mean, let's face it. This summer has been hot and busy. Who even has the desire or the time to mow a lawn? Stay inside. Enjoy your summer. While my friends over at A Superior Lawn restore your green oasis. Call 214-302-7783 today.
0: And we're back with Pastor Brad Wilkerson having fun so now we uh, break into the real questions but I have a question that wasn't on the list sure Um, is there a story back behind how y'all got the land
3: Uh, yeah it's it's crazy so you know I live in Artesia and my kids went to Prosper Schools, and there were no schools on the west side back then when we moved into Artesia, so we had to drive into the other side of town to take our kids to school, whether it be the high school or the middle school or their elementaries. And I'd go past that piece of property every day, but never even glanced at it to think that that's where God would have us. Um, The guy who owned the land that we bought it from, the family that lived there for 20-plus years... He, cur- he did and still currently works for the Prosper ISD, acquiring land sites for future schools. Hmm. And so he had a connection knowing um, all, the, all the churches that were meeting in Prosper ISD schools. Uh-huh. And so he wanted to sell his land to a church because they had been part of a church in Prosper for many years They had helped with the youth ministry when their kids were growing up. They had bonfires and hayrides on that land. Kids had given their life to Jesus on that land. And so Johnny and Kathy wanted that land to be used for the kingdom of God. And so he put a packet together and mailed it to every one of those churches that were meeting in the schools that my land is for sale and I want to send it, sell it to a church. Well, there was a guy that had a brand new startup church in Prosper. His name was Sam Pedigo. And he reached out to Johnny and said, Hey, look, I, I can't even touch your land. I only have like 30 people right now, but I know a guy that you need to contact that might be a good, a good prospect for buying your land. And that was me, but see, we were meeting in a Denton school, Navo middle school. So Johnny didn't know anything about us. So Mm -hmm. Sam actually connected Johnny with us. And then we began what ended up being a 10 month long conversation to finally get to make an offer on the land. And he was—he worked with us and allowed us to buy a piece of it at first and then take the rest of it down in a five-year period. We own the entire piece now, but we couldn't afford 30 acres, but we could afford five. Mm-hmm. And then he held the other 25 for us with first rights refusal for us. He couldn't sell it to someone else without our approval, which gave us time to raise more capital but he got his money to go build build him another house out north of everything we're traveling. Get away from yeah, Yes. <laughs> and we were able to move into that big 7,000-square-foot house and the land for our offices. So it's just a unique story how God just opened every door for a church that was meeting in a school that was running about 400 people. We didn't have the money to buy that big piece of land. But God allowed us to buy it through in time, and now that land is three times what we paid for it. it's worth it three times the amount so but god god was in the midst of all of that and we bought it in 14 the five the original five acres was purchased in september of 14 and we weren't able to build on it and start till 18 so it it took a while for us to to get it done but but we're there now so it's pretty cool
0: i'm thankful
1: for it i tell you thank you it's awesome so what is i'll start off easy what is your favorite food to eat
3: oh Well, um, I saw a meme the other day that really, really uh, connects with me. It says, um, I've never been unhappy at a Tex-Mex restaurant, and and I love Tex-Mex. So I'm a huge Mexican food fan, but in particular, Tex-Mex. But I I grew up in Springfield, Missouri. Um, We moved here when I was 12, and I worked in a church in Springfield as an adult for six years, and so there is a there is Chinese food, and then there's Springfield, Missouri Chinese food, and it's a different it's different. I don't know. So I love Springfield, Missouri Chinese food. So that'd be my number one, and then Tex-Mex, and, and, and I'll I'll eat a good fillet. going to turn yeah. that down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll never turn down a good fillet. But just on an average day, I could eat Tex-Mex every day for lunch.
0: You had mentioned who who's what, what was the quote the meme that you said?
3: I've never been unhappy. At a Tex-Mex restaurant.
0: But I've been unhappy afterwards with those stupid chips. Yes.
3: (laughs) I'll eat eat all the bowls of chips. Right. Yeah.
0: Would you like some more chips? Absolutely. Keep bringing them.
3: Why not?
1: Favorite movie genre?
3: Yeah, so I like sports movies. Okay. Um, I I absolutely can't get into a long drama that I've got to stick with. I I like sports movies. My favorite movie of all time is Field of Dreams. I know that's cheesy, but I'm sorry. I'm a baseball fanatic. I love baseball. I love the history of the game. Um, so I love sports movies. Uh, they Sports movies get me fired up. I get em- I, I, I still get emotional watching Miracle at the end, mm-hmm. you know, when we mm-hmm. win the hockey game. And I get emotional. I, I, I've seen Field of Dreams no less than 50 times. And every time at the end when he says, Dad, do you want to have a catch? I cry buckets. Nice. I'm so thankful that (laughs) I can't tell you. My eyes sweat all the time. I cry buckets at the end. And a little neat thing, my my daughter and I, my daughter was a softball player at Prosper High. She played one year at Washtenaw Baptist University. So we were softball parents for many years. And so um, she's going to be getting married in 2022. And uh, we have, you know, we're going to do something at the reception that you don't see much. So, you know, most of the time, the, the, the father, the bride, and the, and the bride, his daughter, have a dance. We're gonna, we're not going to have a dance. We're going to have a catch.
0: Do I need to cut that out so she doesn't catch it? Uh, or does she, she, knows? it. Okay. she knows. Okay. All right. Yeah, she knows. We're going to go, we're gonna throw
3: the softball at the reception rather than dancing because nice. neither one of us can dance.
0: <laughs> I found out that I couldn't dance at your wedding, so thank yeah. you for that. You're
3: welcome. <laughs> I like sports movies. Uh,
0: can I rec- okay. Um, I want to recommend something. I'm looking at both of y'all that haven't done this yet.
2: I'm not watching Ted Lasso. Oh, man. Hey, you right. can ask Pastor to watch it. I've heard it's a great it's I a haven't great seen show. it, but okay,
0: I... Okay, just to kind of... Because you are a pastor, and I feel like it's my duty to warn you. There is some cussing. Well, sure. But uh, Ted Lasso is probably the most feel-good sitcom show. It's on uh, Apple TV, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised they're not giving me money for as much as I push this. <laughs> but, uh, like... My eyes sweat in every episode because what gets me is someone who's showing honor or you know caring or trying to build someone up gets me every time. But uh, what a he next you know first there's Jesus. I want to be like him, right? Right. But Ted Lasso, (laughs) how he cares about. (laughs)
2: Just slightly just, below Jesus. You know,
0: one A and one B. Yeah, I'm just yeah, kidding. One A and one B. I can't ever meet this one. God the Holy
3: Spirit. Ted Lasso. Yep. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Okay, gotcha.
0: But he, the way that he coaches, uh, it's it's not about winning games. It's about building his team up and making them the best individual people that he, that he can get. That's all that he cares about. Yeah. He thinks it winning. But I would recommend at least catching like the first couple, and, and then you'll be hooked. But um, yeah, I'll check. I'll check it
3: out.
1: Love that show.
3: I've heard good things about it.
1: What do pastors talk about when you guys get together?
3: Oh, that's a great question. Um, Of late, (laughs) since uh, the first, well, since March of 2020, uh, 99% of the time. So, what kind of criticism are you taking for having your building open? What kind of criticism are you taking for not requiring masks or requiring masks? It seems to be the topic of every conversation. So, what's going on? How many people have come back? Uh, what's your capacity? Are you running full capacity? That seems to be the number one question. Um, but really, honestly, it, it, most of the time, it's, it's something like, uh, so what is, what's your top three sermon series you did last, last year? You know, what, what sermons have you been preaching? What books have you been preaching out of in the Bible? And, and uh, what has really been connecting with your people? Um, sad to say, we, we will talk about, you know, what was your attendance last Sunday? What was your, how's your finances? At the church, how's those things going? I mean, we have those conversations. Uh, crazy people. We'll talk about crazy people. <laughs> crazy people. people. Yeah. Crazy people. And here's what we'll find. Uh, there's there's no there's no different people. They're all the same people. There's just different names and different faces. Yep. Mm. And so we'll compare notes on, on crazy situations or crazy people. Now, obviously, with confidentiality, we don't drop names. But sure. yeah. funny stories, things that have happened, blunders and sermons. Craziness going on in staff stuff like that, and then we'll eventually get around to how's your family <laughs> how's your kids how's your wife and and our hobbies sometimes our sports mm-hmm. but uh you'd be surprised at you know what pastors don't talk about most of the time when they're together is church we, we talk yeah, about you know what's going on in your life you know how are, how are you doing not how yeah. is your church doing because mm-hmm. we're we're real we're real prone sometimes to um, equate how we're doing to how the church is doing mm. and and that's a dangerous thing to do because if the church is doing good it's not because of me and if the church is doing bad it's not necessarily because of me because it's not my church it's the church mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ yeah. and so yeah. I think sometimes we, we take way too much credit for the successes and we take way too much credit for the, for the failures and we got we gotta make sure we understand that it's not about us it's about him and so most time, it's 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 talk about what's God doing, where are you seeing God move, and.
0: Um, that's a, You know what you were saying there is interesting because I think that even doctor or psychiatrists and psychologists will go see someone else because they can take on something that yeah. they shouldn't be, and I yeah. think that that's what yeah. you were kind of attending yeah. to.
3: And my best friend's a pastor, so. We talk about what we're struggling with. We talk about what our kids are struggling with. We talk about what's going on in our marriage. If things aren't good with Sarah and I, I'll tell Josh. I said, "Josh, Sarah and I need your prayers." So we'll talk about real stuff, mm-hmm. not 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 hey, what did you preach Sunday or how long did you preach or any of that. We'll talk about real stuff, real life. Yeah.
0: You had said uh, blunder in there uh, when you were referring to blunders. Is that something that you kind of tripped on, or is that something that's happened in the congregation? I'm just curious about it. A-
3: Oh, we'll talk about stories of stupid things we've said from the stage that came out. You know, I've I've had three major blunders in my ministry and preaching three things that I didn't mean to say that I said that were comical yeah. and they're so comical you can't get your composure back. And so <laughs> we'll talk about those things or you know funny stuff. Well funny stuff that happened. Oh, this one time I remember when I was a kid, this pastor said this from the stage or or I saw a guy one time um, I saw a guy get called up to the stage to pray when I was growing up in church, and he he caught his pants on the front of the pulp or the pew in front of him, and it ripped his zipper open. Guy went on up there to pray with his zipper open, with his hands covered, and he said, "That's not the first time I've ripped one in church." <laughs> you know, so you know we'll talk about funny stuff like that that's happened the the behind the scenes stuff that no yeah. one sees.
2: Any blunders you can share? On, I, I, so I can share one. Okay. So even, so on Sunday, first service is kind of like knock the cobwebs off. And so in the middle of the last worship song, Brad goes up on stage and the worship leader's still singing. So Brad just like sat there and was in the moment and worshiping too. And then it continued on for 15 or 20 more seconds till the worship song was done and uh being a being a worship leader previously he's like man I forgot there was an, another part to the end of that song <laughs> yeah.
3: that was yeah that was one of those songs that ends it it doesn't end when you think it ends mm-hmm. it's got a little musical interlude I thought he was done I thought it was time for me to come up it wasn't time for me to come up well he was going to continue the song so I just joined the band I just sang <laughs> with him you know I was like well hey I'll what is uh,
0: what is your favorite song uh and, and both if you have secular
3: sure whatever. sure my favorite worship song right now is the blessing awesome. uh, I could I could just listen to it over and over and over because it's just really speaking to me right now I, I think probably at the age of thirty five it might not have hit hit me as much as 51 and my kids being grown and and now you know being kind of a spiritual father for so many
0: are you 51
3: yes I think we just really? became best friends. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> you want to go out in the garage and
1: do karate? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he caught it. He caught it. Nice. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I I think legacy, leaving a legacy, really means more to me now than, I, than it did 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think about things like that that I didn't think about 10 years ago. Interesting, you know, when we started the church in 2007, everybody that was there, I was the same age with them. And now... I'm pastoring a church that's filled with 35 to 40-year-olds, and I'm 51. And so my role has kind of changed from being a brother to being more of a father figure. And mm-hmm. so learning that that role and the legacy. So The Blessing is is by far one of my favorite worship songs right now. Waymaker. I love Waymaker. Yeah. Um, secu-
1: with the, uh, ch-
0: the rubber chicken version? Or? <laughs> <No>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. And then Secular. Uh, I mean, Secular songs. I, I have so many. I'm a child of the 80s. Um, but uh, good music time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything by Bon Jovi.
0: Anything yeah. but Bon Jovi. No, by, oh. By oh, okay, bon Jovi. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, never mind. We won't go with the name
1: of the album. Anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. What's what do you feel God is working on with you in this season?
3: Yeah. So uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier when we talked about marriage, and that is peace and joy in the everyday. Um, when you start a church from scratch and you have 12 families, you're working like a dog to get people to come back the next week. Mm-hmm. You're praying they come back. Because, number one, you you care about them, but, number two, you need them to come back. Because if people don't come back, you're not going to survive. And so there is a, there's an ugly side to church planning, and that is got to grow the church. you got to build it, even though you're not the one doing the building. Jesus said, mm-hmm. I'll build my church. So the grind of working that and never being at peace with what God provided for you and gave you is a danger. And I I went through that for a long time, you know, I could, I would come home from a stellar day at the church and I would come home and I would say to my wife, five things that I didn't like the way they went or five things that I wish were different or better. And in in those frustrating moments of mine, she would remind me, you. Did you miss the presence of God today, bro? <laughs> All right. Can you ever be happy? Can you ever be pleased with what God has done and be content in what God has done? This is the ugly side to being a risk taker, always wanting more, always mm-hmm. trying to do more, mm-hmm. always trying to be more. And and so I was raised like that too. I, mean, I was raised by a mother and a father who said... <laughs> If you're gonna be a ditch digger, be the best ditch digger there is. That's how I was raised. So it's a drive, it's a constant drive. And so I'm learning whatever, whatever is pulsive, whatever condition or situation God has put me in, I've learned to be content in that. And, be, and so God is working peace and joy in my life and, and learning to be able to laugh at myself and, and being okay with everything not being perfect doesn't have to be perfect to be excellent
0: see pastors are people too yeah Yeah. yeah. and so
3: (laughs) that and just not not denying that there might be another mountain to take Mm -hmm. you know I'll equate it to this you see you see somebody win a world championship in sports and they'll say so, so what are you going to do next? And they'll be like, well, tonight we're just going to enjoy the moment that we just won this championship. Or, you know, hey, are you going to come back next year? Are you going to resign? You know, I'm not talking about that right now. I just want to enjoy the moment. I think sometimes we forget to enjoy the moments God has mm-hmm, us in mm-hmm. because we're so, we're so driven to get to the next moment. Yeah. And that's what God's doing right now. He's, he's knocking off those edges of me of being so driven that I miss the joy of the people around me and the ministry that God has given to me.
0: Brad, you're going to have to slow down because uh, at the end of each season, we have a wrap-up and we take our favorite quotes. And I keep, I'm, I'm making note of a couple of them already. So <laughs> you're just going to be the, well, yeah. No, it's, it's that's all that's, God
3: just coming out. That you is, know, that's,
0: that's really, I, I like that. Yeah. Just enjoy the moment.
1: So, so one of the other questions we'd like to ask, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. When did you know you are going to be a pastor?
3: Well, The easy answer is 16 years of age when I surrendered my life to God to say, God, whatever you want to do with my life, I'll do it. Um, However, how many of you know, you you, you make a decision or something like that at 16, a lot of times you don't follow through with that when you're 20. Mm -hmm. A lot of things happen between 16 and 20. And so um, I think I knew I was going to be a pastor when I had that moment with my friend in his office and he said you've always been sorry when are you going to stop being sorry and then he finished that conversation with saying do you even have a clue the god-given gift and talent that he has in you do you have any idea what god could do with you if you would surrender to him fully instead of chasing the things of this world and chase him and it was that challenging moment that changed everything for me because I saw I wasn't at peace because I was trying everything in college that I thought I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I changed my major like 17 times in three years. And and it was then that I realized I'm miserable and I'm chasing after the world. But God has something else for me. And I think that's when the 16-year-old boy that prayed a prayer with my pastor on a Sunday night saying, God, I surrender my life to you finally connected the dots with a 20 year old kid in college at university of north texas and said you need to get in bible college you need to you need to get out of secular college go study the bible because i got a god call on your life and then when i went in ministry i just i was a i wasn't the pastor i was just one of the staff pastors Mm -hmm. and so i was like whatever i need to do god i'll do i have a gift in music vocally so i sang and i led worship for 15 years and then and then I just felt like God was calling me to something greater and I said okay God if you want me to pastor a church I'll pastor I'll be a senior pastor if that's what you want but God I just don't want to I don't want to go take a church that's already running and going because I want to start something I want to I want to I want to start something from scratch and so even as a 30 year old young man in, in in ministry God began to stir up this idea of starting a church from scratch someday so 16 but then actually probably more 20
0: one of uh, obviously, there. After reading your the website for the church, uh, noticing that people are important to you, what, what's what ministry? When I say that, like uh, homeless, mm-hmm. you know, what, which, where is your heart for the most? I know that's a weird question,
3: but yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be twofold there. I have a huge. Huge heart and a huge uh, passion for church planting, starting new churches. Okay. Um, I, I think that with the amount of churches that are closing in our country every day, hmm. we've got to be, we got to be starting many, many more. And there's no, there's no shortage of people in, in in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but in other parts of the country, we need more churches. The other reason why we need new churches is because more people come to Christ in a new church than they do in an older established church. So we, really? we need to be starting churches. And I'm a part of an organization that believes in starting and strengthening churches. And so I'm a part of an organization, we're trying to, we're trying to start 312 churches in the next five years in the continental United States. And, and Texas is trying to be 10 of those 312. And I lead that charge for organizations. So I'm very passionate about church planning and pastors starting churches. But beyond that, the next generation. Amen. I am so passionate about young adults and teenagers. Because, number one, if we're not reaching them, our church will die. Mm-hmm. If yeah. we're not, you know, they're not the future of the church, they are the church. And yeah. they're not like, well, someday you can leave. We've got teenagers serving all over our church. Uh, some of the sharpest people in our church are our young adults, single young adults. And I have a huge passion that if we don't reach the next generation, we don't instill in them godly values, scripturally godly values, we're not just going to lose the church. We're going to lose our nation. And so <laughs> I'm so passionate about the next gen. And uh, we, we're all in with our next-gen. We got a next-gen pastor that is could go pastor a church running 3,000 right now. And I'm just praying God keeps him with us as long as he can because he is a rock star for God. And and I fully I fully believe that we're going to see an impact 5, 10, 15 years down the road in our church <laughs> because we're reaching the next-gen right now.
2: So. so something that we'll probably touch on that Uh I think it was your grandma that had the statement for if you if you base the church on the fact that you want people to meet and follow Jesus so those are the people you're after not the 99 but the one the one in every situation so that the day that they meet God they don't say nice to meet you they say good to see you again
3: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: so that they don't go their life not knowing him so it's the people who don't truly know him because their pursuit has not been meeting and following jesus it may have just been going to church or as a part of an activity but it was the greatest visual clarity when you when you said that quote that i thought how remarkable would that be that you don't wait to to go to heaven heaven is something you create on earth and when you meet jesus it's like meeting a friend Hmm. so to me that's the When he's talking about people, it's instilling that mindset in youth, middle age, all the way up into the seniors. So that's my perspective on what he does. What do you like to do in your free time?
3: Uh, Well, my my number one hobby is golf. I love to play golf. (laughs) I don't like so you and
0: Steve actually hit it off real well then. uh. Yes, (laughs) yes. Uh,
3: I don't like to play golf in the heat, but um, I love golf. I I love to fish. I'll go hunting if guys want to go hunting. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'll go just to hang out with the guys uh, that invite me from the church. Um, and, and, and this may seem sappy, but I really I love hanging out with my wife. She's my best friend, and I you know we're empty nesters, and so life is so much different now that our kids are 22 and 26, and we can go and come and go as we as we please. As far as hey, if you want to go, hey, you want to go out on a date on a Tuesday night? Yeah, let's go. And uh, so I really enjoy my time hanging out with her as my best friend. We do get to travel some, and um, I love traveling with her. And, um, but, but, yeah, golf. Um, and and I, I, I'm pretty serious about the game, so I like to play. <laughs> and I get, I've played some really fun places to play. Okay. I, there's, there's Favorite place? Well, there's a place in the Dominican Republic called Punta Espada. It's in the top 50 in the world. Mm -hmm. It's like number 35 in Golf Digest, and I've gotten to play it uh, three times now. And I got to play it in June when I was there. I'm sorry, July when I was there. And 14 of the 18 holes run along the Caribbean Ocean. So it's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. So I love that place. Um, There's a lot of wonderful courses um, in – the Ozarks, where hmm. where I'm from, Missouri, and so I love playing those down the Branson, Missouri area. Some of the big courses down there, and then uh, I've gotten to play a couple times in Palm Springs, and those okay. courses are great. Nice. So, but yeah, I, I just, but I, I most of the time I go to the bridges in gutter.
1: <laughs> so you're looking forward to the uh, PGA? Thing Absolutely, I,
3: I would love to be able to play over there. It's probably probably going to have to make a little bit more than i'm making the green the that. green fees is the problem <laughs> yeah.
1: i know yeah. yeah
3: and i love playing General creek and prosper when i get to play with a member there that's a great golf course is there it? there in our town but i'm not obviously not a member there so oh you have to be okay yeah it's private
0: so. uh favorite uh, public it's in the area like my daughter played golf and i'd like to go take her in
3: it. Oh, yeah. Weeks. We run up to Gunner to the Bridges. Okay. And then Frisco Lakes is another place we run to that's close. She, she hates that one. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> um, uh, West Ridge and McKinney, there's a golf course in, yeah. off of, was that, Custer?
0: I like how that's set up. It's what, par three, par four, par five? Par six, th- six,
3: yeah, yeah. six. That's a dangerous number. <laughs> oh hey. Yeah, six par three, six par five, six par fours. Yeah, hmm. yeah. so we play over there. But, you know, there's there's all kinds of great golf courses within 45-minute drive.
0: Well, you were in the Dominican Republic during July. Is that, mm-hmm. So we were trying to connect with you, and that's where you were.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, is there something you can tell us about that?
3: Sure. So in 2015, um, we felt called by God to start a church in the Dominican with a dear friend of mine who grew up in the Dominican as a missionary's kid. His dad has been in the Dominican for over 30 years. And he is, his dad is in Santa Domingo, which is the capital. And Jonathan is my friend's name. And Jonathan was worked, after Bible college, he worked for a couple churches here in the States. And then he went back to the Dominican to work with his dad. And I think the plan was that at some point, his dad would retire and Jonathan would take the work there in Santa Domingo, the Christian school, the seminary, the church. And I think Jonathan kind of began to feel God's call to do his own thing, to start his own ministry, and he felt called to go about an hour and 45 minutes to two hours east of the capital, which puts you on the east side of the island, which on the east side is Punta Cana. If you've ever heard of that area, it's paradise. And uh, so there's a town, though, about seven to eight miles outside of Punta Cana called Verón, Mm V-E-R-O-N, and that's where all the people that work in the resorts build the resorts. Everybody works at the airport. They all live in this town called Vadone. And Jonathan felt called to start a church there. And there was only at the time, I I think the best we could find, there was like one other evangelical gospel preaching church in the city of Vadone of 100,000 people. Wow. And so we went on a survey trip in 2014 and looked at the city and I came back and shared with our leadership that I felt God was calling us to get behind Jonathan and start a church there in Vidón. And so we did. We launched in November 2015 uh, Iglesia Bautista Celebración. Ooh, which say is, that three times yeah, last. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a Celebration Baptist Church. Okay. And that's the translation of it. They're, they have to put the denominational tag on things in, 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 in the Dominican because that identifies to the people what kind of doctrine they are here in the States where, you know, the non-denominational church is probably the fastest growing church in in the United States, but in the Dominican, they really have to clarify it for the people. So um, it's a great church. We helped get it started in 2015. We now have uh, three other churches that have been started out of that church in different other locations um, Hmm. outside of Vadone. And then um, we've got a a Bible seminary uh, that Jonathan started and we're raising up national national men down there that we've reached for Jesus and uh, raising up future church planters and pastors so I go down every July and I usually go down for a minimum of two weeks sometimes as long as three three and a half this time I was there for three weeks I'll preach for him I'll teach in the seminary where they'll do a little adjunct session with me and I'll teach on some kind of a like last year I taught on the doctrine of salvation and uh, so we'll, we'll go through some stuff like that. And then we'll go out to the village church. There's a lot of villages outside of the city. Mm-hmm. A lot of Haitian folks live that uh, work for the Dominican government in the sugar cane fields. We'll go to, the, to those villages. There's little churches in those villages. We'll do church. So, yeah. And that then we'll, like take a, we'll take a few days off, play golf, <laughs> hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Don't we, lo- we love the Dominican, love the people. And um, we love what God's doing down there through our extension down there. Right
1: That's awesome. Guess
0: what time it is? Oh, man. And uh, for those who are listening, how have you not fallen in love with this guy already? I don't know. I, this is, oh, Brad, this is it's awesome. been a pleasure Thanks. meeting you. Yeah. Thank you. Getting to spend the time with you.
3: It's been a joy.
0: One of our tra- uh, traditions uh, here is to have our guests pray us out. And sure. uh, if you would do us an honor.
3: Absolutely. God, we just thank you for the opportunity we have each and every day to be light in darkness. God, that you've called us to to shine brightly for you. We are not the light you are, but you shine in us. And so God, we know that we, uh, we have a difference to make. We know we have influencing to do, and, and you've given us that ability through the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, I hope that through this podcast, we've just been able to do that, that somehow, some way, something that's been said or shared has been a light to someone, has been an encouragement to them, that would help them maybe not only get through the day of listening to the podcast, but the days after. Lord, bless this ministry of this podcast. And Lord, bless those that have listened to it, have heard it. And may what we have shared, may it be used for your kingdom and glory. We've we've desired that, that it brought you glory and not us. Thank you for the opportunity to be with this group of great guys and to be on the mighty anvil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Strikers, uh, until next week.